Are we good? Are we ready? Yeah, you're good. Is this thing on? Hello? Hello? Is anybody listening? Have we done our levels? Levels? Is my levels good? Levels? All right. Well, it seems like our levels are good. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome no, wait, to the levels l- aren't good. You need oh. to be quieter. Don't be so... Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome ASMR to style. On today's episode, we're going to sit here in silence for an hour and 15 minutes and pray. <laughs> ah, fuck that. <laughs> we're, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the late evening <laughs> show. <laughs> my name is Andrew. Uh, and my name is Jasper. And we are your hosts. For today, Jasper, I know we've already made some jokes today, but let's just jump right into it because I'm super excited for this interview. Yes, yes, yes. Who do we have? We have Michael Charnay. Today, we go in depth about the producing side of filmmaking. Um, he's made, was it three or five feature films? Did he was five? working on his fourth, fourth one, but he's got like 17 producing credits on IMDb. Okay, yeah. So anyways, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Um, we'll put some links in the show notes for you to see some of his stuff. Um, he said he wanted to include like a uh, proof of concept for a really cool show. And at the end, we go in depth about what it's like to be in front of a producer pitching your idea, your script. They go really in depth and they ask some really specific questions that are just awesome. So stay tuned for that. Listen all the way through for that. Anyways, welcome, Michael Charnay. So, every time we're like, that's <laughs> no, for you. That's for you when you're editing. Okay, my name is Mike Charnay. Um, I'm a, a producer slash director slash everything else that has to do with uh, filmmaking. Uh, independent. I consider myself independent filmmaker uh, from uh, you know Northern Canada, um, and. I'm basically I'm here today to talk about producing film and sort of how I got into it and I guess how it's going and I've got a, a couple of projects that are on the go right now that I'd also love to talk about as well. Awesome. So um, to start us off, this could be as simple or as complex as you want, but in your words, what is producing? I guess to me, producing is being able to bring the right people together to be able to make a film that you're proud of. It's like there's there's these these stereotypical definitions of it and I, there's nothing stereotypical about it for us. And I say us, you know, again, as an independent filmmaker, um, a producer, what it is is, you know, like I said, trying to get everybody together, get the right people together. Um, it's really knowing, you have to know Uh, people and you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses to be able to go and say look I can't do this I need to find somebody who's awesome at this and then you let them do what they have to do if you're only doing one job uh, on a film set uh, then you only have to focus on that one thing but as the producer you have to be able to take all of those things and it's it's kind of like a teamwork thing and put everybody together get everybody in the best position that they can so that they succeed, which then will make you succeed. That's really, to me, producing is getting that team together and making sure that everybody can succeed. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, To us, one thing that we've learned around all of the interviews that we've done is teamwork and, and the different hats that are worn on a film production. So, you know, I think that's a really big role. Um, You know, how did you decide to do that role and how did you get into producing in general? Yeah, I actually, um, well, my background is actually sport. Um, and, you know, I went and I lived overseas for five years and I played over there. And when, when I came back home, um, I needed to find a hobby for myself, something to um, sort of take the place of, of that thing that had been such a big part of my life for so long. And um, when I was uh, eight or nine years old, Oh, maybe maybe 10 or 11. Anyway, when I was young, um, a friend of mine in school, his dad was the curator of one of the, the main uh, theaters here in, in Edmonton. And uh, he he was a great actor and uh, he landed the role as uh, Peter Pan in their, uh, their production of Peter Pan. They went through their whole run and um, they got extended. But because everybody else had already uh, agreed to do other things, they... Um, they were looking for new people to, to play these other smaller roles. So I got to be a uh, little engine number four or something for, uh, for our, our local art, but it's our big, our big theater here. And, and that, 
you know, that, that to me, it was magical. It was like, um, going to, going to the rehearsals was just amazing. Cause I got to watch, I got to watch my friend, like sword fight with a, with an, you know, uh, an adult. And I got to watch how they made the magic happen and how they made him fly and how they did all those things. And that for me was that it really was magical. And so, um, from that point forward, you know, I still liked it. However, I was still in sport at the time. When I came back and I couldn't play sport anymore, I was like, you know, I'm going to start into acting because it was something I love to do so much. So I took a course actually at that same theater, which is kind of cool, um, uh, for acting for stage. And uh, well, when I was done, the, I said to the instructor, okay, I'm done. Now what do I do? And she's like, well, just go out and do stuff. I said, well, how do I find it? And she said, just go and do everything that you can for free. Uh, be as, as open as you can to every experience that you have, have fun with it and learn and see if you like it. So I did. And, uh, you know, I found out that acting is really, really hard. <laughs> um, it's, it's certainly, I, it was, it was an interesting experience because, um, I thought it was going to be easy and it certainly is not. Um, and so anyway, so I, I did all of these free things that I could and, you know, free Free stuff, when you shoot free stuff in Edmonton, um, some of it's okay quality, some of it's not good quality, um, and some of it you get onto something that's really you get really lucky in. But that's not what I took out of it. Every every set that I was on, I learned something new. I learned, you know, how they shot a specific thing, how the lighting affected everything else, how the sound guy had to be in a specific place. Um, I loved the... the um, that it had to be so perfect. And I loved that there was somebody at the helm of that that said, that's not quite what I'm looking for. You got to do it again. And this is how I want you to do it so that it's perfect. And that to me, that kind of got me thinking, you know, I mean, I can, I can act, I can, I, you know, I'm, I'm not horrible. I'm not great, but it got me thinking that it was, it'd be a lot more fun to actually make something. And so um, there was a, a small uh, festival in, in Ottawa which is uh, our capital here in Canada. And um, it's called the, it was an 80 day festival. And what they do, they do is they give you a specific amount of, there has to be specific elements within the, within the film. It has to be under a specific amount of time. It has to, all these different things that they give you these stipulations and you have 80 days to make it yourself. So you had to write it, edit it, shoot it or shoot it, edit it. And then, and you know, submit it to these guys. So I did it and, um, you know, I, I didn't expect anything to come out of it. And sure, it's not a, it wasn't a great festival. I think that was actually the last year that, that it actually ha was going. Um, but, you know, we won every, um, every award that was available except for one, I think. And so from that point, I was like, oh, this, what, this is easy. So... Um, so then I just thought that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to continue making my own things. And that's really where it all started. Um, it, it, uh, again, I got to, well, for that, it was called mind games. Um, and on mind games, I, I did everything. I wrote it all. I, I wrote it. I went, went out and hired everybody. Um, I had somebody edit it because I, I couldn't edit at the time, but, um, it made me feel like that's a, a really incredible thing to be able to do is to, to get all of these people together and be able to come up with something like that. So that's really how it started. Awesome. Yeah. I love that point you made about what drew you to that art in the first place is that it has to be perfect and, and that attention to detail and you just can't do it, do it without a whole team. Uh, Cause that's what draws me as well. Um, and I've always been into like art and music and everything, but what really, drew me to like cinematography because I'm, uh, I'm the dp here for dissolve um is like everything just has to be so perfect a, a 10 percent luminance difference on a light in the background makes the world a difference with how the shot looks you know what i mean and like if you if you miss that and you get the shot and the day's done it's already done where it's like oh with photography you know maybe you could set that shot up again and take the or with painting you could uh change the shade of the color maybe um afterwards but with cinematography it's like you have to be on your a game when you're filming and in general i love hearing everybody's uh in this industry their origin story because it's all it's also interesting just the different aspects and it kind of sounded like with um especially with like that initial part about the theater 
that it was kind of like a right time, right place type thing a little bit. And then so kind of along those lines, like especially with acting, people always talk about, oh, it's all about your connections. And like, yeah, you can be a, a good actor or just an OK actor and still make it if you have great all that blah, 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 blah. But with producing specifically, how much like skill versus luck do you think there is to kind of make it farther in the industry? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would actually add, I'd actually take luck out of it and change it to perseverance. Absolutely. There's, um, there's going to be a luck sort of element to it. And and I think that that's with really, that's with anything. Um, You know, when people are able to uh, achieve high standards in whatever it is that they're doing, um, there had to have been a bit of luck in the beginning to actually be able to get to that point. Um, however, if you don't then have the perseverance, especially as an independent, I mean, I, I can, I know a lot of people that have, um, I've seen them try to come up and try to make their own stuff and they just disappear. And the ones that don't disappear, um, you know, some people maybe just call them uh, stubborn. But uh, to be able to have that perseverance, if you don't have that, then all the rest of it's not really going to matter. Sure. You, and yes, you do have to have skill as well. But again, it's a, it's a subjective art mm-hmm. form, right? Like, you know, you could have the best thing in the world and people will think it's crap. And it's all, it's, it's not, that's not a, it's not a slight against you. That's, you know, you don't, you don't know what's going on with their day. You don't know what they watch. You don't know what they watch. All those kind of things. It's, I mean, there's examples of hundreds of films that have been like completely turned down by multiple, multiple um, producers and and companies and stuff until it gets made. And then it wins uh, an Oscar or something. And it's like, how could you guys not have seen that? Yeah. Well, And that's exactly what Brandon and I talked about with the mustache. Um, uh, He told you guys about the mustache and and how 30 or 40 producers had passed on it. And, and that really was luck because um, I actually had uh, just finished mind games. Uh, I had just talked to a friend of mine who I convinced to be a a producing partner with me. And uh, I I told him, I'm going to go out and find a script and we're just going to, going to shoot something. But I, told him, I said, we're going to pay for this all of ourselves, but we're going to do it for what we're shooting for is to have it the highest quality that we possibly can. And that's what we basically used as our resume. So we spent a whole whack of money on it. Actually in the same, the DP was the same as what shot mind games for me. And he's, he's still like, he's incredible. He's still shooting stuff to this day out here. Uh, he does commercials and that kind of stuff now. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, that was definitely a bit of luck. It was the timing and the fact that Brandon had this thing. He's like, oh, nobody else wants it. Why don't you just try this? And after I read it, you know, I read it and I kind of thought, you're supposed to read a a script like eight times. You're supposed to read it first as somebody just who is just reading a script. You're supposed to read it as a producer. You're supposed to read it as the director. You're supposed to read it as the audience. You're supposed, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all these different ways to be able to see how that script, how you feel like you, you'd be able to bring that script to life. And when I read it as the, as a, a producer, I read it first, I read it normally and it was just like, Oh, you know, a normal guy. And you know, he gets some grows a mustache and he becomes famous. I was like, okay, but what if it was a guy who maybe needed a lot more help? And so I went out to a friend of mine who I had grown up, um, we went to junior high school together and he's, uh, he started an improv company here in Edmonton and he's been on, he's been on a bunch of TV shows. He's been on, on radio shows for sure. And, uh, I, I suggested it to him and he, at the time he, now he's dropped about 130 pounds. He was, he's a very portly guy. So after reading the script and thinking, of it with a normal guy and then thinking of it with Donovan as the lead, it just put, took it into a different kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. And, um, we got some feedback, some of the, the uh, festivals that I entered the mustache into one of them had, you got feedback and this guy was just like on and on. He's like, Chris Farley. I love it. Everything is beautiful. And, and it, it worked out really well. So again, that was, 
I guess that was luck in the beginning that it came up when it did. And then it ended up being the skill part of it and the perseverance and, and putting everything together in the way that I thought was going to be good. Yeah, that's great. Cause like, as far as, as far as that goes and what you say about perseverance is like taking luck out of it because it, it's not like you just happen to be presented with a lucky opportunity and maybe you are, but that's, that that's cool, but that's probably very rare, but the perseverance will give you those lucky opportunities because you could have given up after 20 submissions with that script, but on your 40th or whatever it was, you got that quote unquote lucky break and, and it happened. So definitely that's perseverance. Right. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I think opportunities are everywhere and it's not only just like, oh, there's a, there's a show that I could be in. It's like, there's an opportunity to talk to somebody, to meet somebody, to network, to do mm. something. I mean, there's opportunities everywhere. And so, um, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of luck that's involved with making sure that that one opportunity is right there when you need it. But uh, at the end of the day, one thing that I've noticed uh, across a lot of just different communities, especially in, like when I was going around the Reddit communities saying, hey, I have this opportunity to speak to somebody who's made, you know, produced 17, over 17 different films. You know, if you could sit there and, and have a conversation with him, what would you ask him? Um, you know, I just it, a lot of people just continued to ignore it. And we, we had a few that 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 asked us questions. But to me, it's just like if I saw that. I would have a whole list of questions that I'd want to ask and I would take that opportunity to learn and to grow. And so um, that's why, you know, it seems like only a few people ever really break through the industry. That's because there's only ever a few people who ever take the time to to, to sure. look into these types of opportunities. Um, but, you know, on, the, on those same lines to get into that question, uh, our next question is, you know, in order to get in front of your eyes, the 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 script or the actors what is it that you know that you see that you're looking for that catches your eye personally mm. when you're looking for these people or these scripts yeah so the scripts and the actors are, are two very different things i've and it was interesting i went through quite a, a period where people were sending me scripts all the time and um and some of them i love and some of them i you know you can't get through it and that's okay. It's for that, you know, for somebody to, t to take the opportunity, like you're saying, and actually give a script to someone who has done some stuff and you want to give them the opportunity to do that. That's, that takes big balls, man. Like that, that's, that's tough. Um, and that's a little bit the same with the actors, but I'll come back to that because for the scripts as a producer, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome to have your name on something that's out there. It's, it's awesome to know that like the mustache is played around the world. It's, it's amazing that now all of a sudden we have a film that's on Amazon in the States. Um, but man, if you don't, if you don't love it, it's hard work. And so if you got to love the script that comes to you and if you don't love that script, you're gonna you're gonna drop it and you're not gonna you're not gonna finish it and you're gonna waste a lot of time and worse you're gonna burn a lot of bridges with people because you said I'm gonna make this thing and it never gets done so you gotta that's my biggest thing with that is with scripts is if you don't love it and I don't mean, really mean love it I guess but if it's not close to your heart I guess if it's not something that you're interested in then it's going to be difficult for you to try to make it the best that it can be. So that, that to me for scripts, that's, what's the most important thing. Um, and one of the other things that, that you had kind of asked about was, um, I guess to, to add into that is, is, uh, if I take scripts, if I'll actually take an idea and, and work with somebody and, and build a script through that, through the concept, um, I've been really lucky to be able to uh, have, because I know most of the, the script writers that are around here, um, I've been really lucky to be able to, every time somebody comes to me with one and I read a script, I, I've always kind of gone, okay, you know, I love this, but, you know, would you mind changing this? Or this is a little bit, you know, this is going to be difficult to shoot as, as a producer, you know, those kind of things. And, and I'll go back to them and be like, would you be okay with, 
making changes with me. And so not quite right from concept, but from an original script, I'll definitely take that. I have one right now, actually, that's, uh, and I haven't even told the scriptwriter this, but uh, <laughs> um, we worked together on something called The Dweller, uh, the, the Dweller in the Crawl Space, and uh, it's a horror short. And it, I just got word uh, it's uh, made it to semifinals in, no, quarterfinals for Shriekfest Festival in, I forget where it is. It's somewhere in the States. I think she might be in Texas. Anyway, so yeah, um, and that was that was a long process with me and the writer. And we sat down and we, we got it to a point where we both love it. And I love the thing now. And, you know, it, it's still hard because it's still a short and, now that I've done a whole bunch of them, I know that shorts are really just there to, to bring you recognition for you to work on your trade to, for you to get better at it and to, you know, make perfect before you're, you go up to your next step. But, um, but I love it enough that I think that that could probably turn into a, a feature at some point as well. So, uh, so there you go. We're, we're in the quarterfinals and let's see what happens to Shriek Fest. <laughs> yes, but I loved it. And I, I loved, uh, like, I, I really liked it in the beginning, but I was like, you know, we got to change some things and he was open to it. And that's, we made a good collaboration on that. So hopefully at some point we get some recognition on that and we're able to make that thing here as well. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, and good luck with that. Seriously, that's that's really cool. And with the, like, as far as having to love what you're doing to make it good, Totally agree. Could not have said that better myself. So, oh yeah. So I can go into, I can talk about the actors too, if you want. Yeah. If you'd like, go ahead. Okay. There's a difference between what catches my eye anyway, as far as the script goes. And when it comes to actors, Um, I guess because I've, uh, you know, I've gone through and it's not very much my, the amount of acting that I've done is it's not very much, but it's, um, it's exciting in the beginning. It's exciting and it's nerve wracking and it's, it's amazing once it actually gets done. And if you, you know, if you actually do a good job and it looks good and people are, are, you know, are open to it. Um, for me to be able to look for actors, what I do is I, I really take the script into consideration. And again, hopefully you love that script enough that when you, audition for whatever role it is that you're auditioning for um you're able to see past um all the rest of the the noise and just be able to make a good decision based on that i'll give you an example for the mustache i was actually um because i'm i'm i always give myself a little cameo in everything i do um so i was going to play the boss in the mustache and um I, I can't remember how he got word of it, but a local actor that I knew from the, the theater actually came out and auditioned for it. And I wasn't expecting much, to be honest, because I, you know, I didn't know him at the time. Uh, I didn't know his background. And, uh, and I had already figured out that I was going to be playing the, the part of the boss. And so he comes in and he just blew me out of the water. And I'm like, there is no way I cannot cast you in this position. And so that's what I mean by like, you really, if you, if you love the script and you, um, you really stay focused on the way that you want the thing to look in the end, then it's, it's easy for, in my opinion, that one was certainly easy for me to cast this, the feature that I'm working on right now was, you know, I got lucky with a couple of things, but the rest of it, again, easy to cast. So, I think that again, if you love it and, you, and you're you're attached to that script, uh, it's going to be easy for you once people come in. and And it's funny too because, <laughs> and actors don't know this, but um, when you come in for an audition, they probably already have an idea of if you're going to be cast or not. And it really takes something special to be um, to change that person's mind. And so. All an actor can do is, and this is something that actors don't, they have a hard time dealing with the rejection and, and I get it. I've been through it for sure, but um, it's not, it's not anything against you. It's, you know, that person who's, who's casting, whether it's the casting director or if it's the producer that's, that's actually doing it on something that's small enough, 
if they have something in mind and you're not quite that thing, they're going to tell you you're not quite that thing. So, you know, in that way, that actually made it really easy for me to, to keep on going to auditions uh, after I figured that out. However, at that point, I had kind of already decided that I wasn't going to be acting anymore. I was uh, mostly just going to be stick with the directing and producing. So, um, so yeah, but that was, uh, you know, a, a producer that, that is close enough to the, to the script. They're going to be able to tell once, once the person comes in. And you, you ask the people to come in for an audition because you're, you probably already know them a bit. You know what they look like. You know how, you know, you've seen stuff that they've been in. So it's, you're already fairly close with who you think it's going to be. And then, then it just comes down to the end where you're like, that one's perfect or that one's not quite right. So yeah, we've talked a little bit about like scripts and um, how to work with them and, and all of that. I want to go a little more in depth with kind of the process that happens through during and after that and all that. So let's say you have a script and you have it finalized with the writers and all of that. What's kind of the next steps after that? Um, I know in the beginning you said that it could take forever to explain. Um, feel free to, to go as, as in depth as you want with that. Yeah, so I guess um, from my point of view and what the way that I've done it in the past is, um, well, I mean, I'll give you an example, I guess, for the, from the mustache. Um, because everything that I have learned uh, on sets here, it's always, uh, you, you learn little bits of everything as you're out there. My first feature film, I was a second AD, which in the end, it didn't end up actually being very much about the, uh, the extras. You know, I was there to help out and basically just kind of keep everybody organized. Um, and then all of the different sets that I've been on, I've learned a whole bunch of little things along the way. And so one of the biggest things that I, that I really liked actually is the organization of the shooting schedule and how to do all the breakdowns and give each department their sort of list of the things that they have to go through. So that's definitely one of the first, the, the biggest things that you have to, to do is you have to be sure that, and I don't know if all producers do that, but this is what I do. I do the breakdowns myself and I'm pretty sure that most of them did, they get the first AD to do it. But once the breakdowns are done, then I can go, okay, these are all the props that I need. Here you go. Props guy. This is what you got to look for. These are all the vehicles I need. Here you go. Vehicle guy. These are all the, the, the costume, send it off to the right person, send it off to the right person. And, and that kind of works into the very, to the first meeting as well. Like I said before, the first meeting is usually for us because we know it, know everybody. It's just, Hey, how's it going? Where, when I went to that, the very first film, the first, sorry, the very first feature that I, that I worked on, I didn't know anybody and I didn't know what was going on and I was brand new with it. And, um, uh, that's, that was, a, that would be a good place for introductions so the producer would basically uh, send out an email first to all of the department heads to be sure to let them know, do you need anything specific? Here's all of here, you know, you're doing the props. Here's your props list. You're doing the, the makeup. Here's what you need to know. There's special makeup for this time and whatever you have that, that you send out that email first so that when you have your first meeting, they're already prepared with your, the answers for the things that you need to know to be able to be sure that everybody is, is doing the right things going forward. Cause if you don't, then, you know, you, you have no idea. It's, it's always best to have the people together to be able to find out all of those things all at the same time, because there's always the departments always cross over too. you know, sound needs to know, you know, whatever, when the, the when the DP is going to be there and that kind of stuff, there's always cross sort of, um, you have to be sure that everybody knows what everybody else is doing. So, and that's the place where after you sent that first initial email and everybody is, everybody knows the things that you expect from them right from the very beginning, you get them in that room and then everybody can ask everybody else the questions that they need to know from the other um, departments as well. Um, and then, so after you've had kind of that first meeting, um, then you basically, you kind of let everybody go in and do the rest of the stuff. Then you start, you need to get uh, shooting dates. And I, I always start with the DP whenever every, everything that I've ever shot, I go to the DP first and whenever he's available around the time that I want to shoot it, I say, I'm going to book you for that time and I'll get back to you. So I book him for then. And then I go out to everybody else. 
you start with the number one on the on the cast list and you're like are you available on these days then you work your way down and so that everybody knows so that everybody is available for that same time and that's one of the biggest that's a really getting the scheduling done and, and i mean i've i've only worked on i've worked on three or four features and it's oh, that's what it always is about and there's always somebody who's like oh i can't now and and you've already got your scheduling already all, almost done and they're like now i can't go here and i can't go over there and you just want to do something bad to them but um that that's one of the biggest things so yeah so get the scheduling done after that and then um again because i mostly do i do most of the stuff then i gotta go out and get locations I got to be sure that all the permits are ready to go. It depends on if you're shooting in the city or out. Um, you got to go to specific places. Locations is a big one. It's one of my favorite things to do, to be honest. Um, I was an associate producer on John 316, uh, which has just recently gotten a, a, a distribution deal. And uh, without that look, that's cool to be locations because without that location, it does the film doesn't look the same, right? So that's a really cool thing. So I get locations, you know, you got to worry about everything. You got to do get, make sure that the, the caterer is ready to go, that everything is all set up in that way. Um, and then basically after that, then it's all the little stuff. And so from the time that you stop, that you stop actually sending that stuff out after you've done that, then you basically, you're just basically waiting for all of the problems that are going to start coming in. And they, and they do. And it's always like, was it the mustache? The original, on the original mustache, it was about a week and a half before we were shooting and somebody bailed. And so I was like, okay, go back to the, to the DP. I'm like, this day doesn't work now. Give me your next date. And then we build it all up again. So that's really, that's one of the biggest challenges is, you know, learning to deal with uh, the problems that are coming along and, uh, you know, not going crazy and just trying to um, solve each thing as it comes along. And that's, that's really, you spend a lot of time doing that after you basically, you let everybody go. And once everybody else is doing their thing, then you're basically making sure that, that uh, it's running. I just wanted to also, within that same question, um, go a little bit into like how financing works for films. Yeah, how you get money, how how you end up budgeting and spending it and stuff like that. I think that's one thing that a lot of people, whether screenwriters, actors, they don't understand how that necessarily works. So, from your yeah. sort of experience, how does the financing of a film go? So, the financing for a film. Um... There is no book on this thing, man. Like that's one of the things that I've been dealing with right from the very beginning. Um, basically the guy that gave me my start as a producer, his name is Jarvis Griner. He was the uh, producer and director of John 316. And uh, I did the same thing. I asked him exactly the same thing. I'm like, how, like, how do you do it? How do you get the funding for the films? Well, you know, there's grants that you can apply for, but it has to be a specific, you, you know, you have to have a specific amount already raised before you can apply for that. Um, there's, you know, independent uh, financing from other people. There's, so I, it was this whole mess and, and nobody really answered the question. And, and that's still to this day, still that's the, the biggest thing that, that we have to deal with. And especially as an independent, and that's what, it's the old chicken and egg thing, right? Like, um, people don't want to put money into your project because you're not experienced. They feel like you're not experienced enough. But I can't get experienced because I don't have the money to be able to make the project. So that's what, there's almost every uh, independent filmmaker, this is, this is what they go through all, all the time. Um, I still haven't found the, the Holy Grail, man. We're still, that's what we're still looking for. Um, I can tell you that, you know, every time I talk to somebody, 
I try to learn something new. I try to learn a different way to do it. I try to learn a way to, you know, get, get my, my, my stuff out there. Be sure that, cause what I did as an independent is like I said, on the mustache, my friend and I, we just financed it ourselves and we spent a lot on it because again, we wanted it to look good. And now for motel 13, which is the feature that I'm working on, um, for motel 13, that's what I used to show the lead actor who's he's fairly well known. Um, and that's what I used to get him interested in my work. I've done a whole bunch of different things. I went to when I first I first got the script finished for Motel 13, I cold called 70 distribution places in the States. I just I was like, this is what my film is. Does, is there anybody out there? Do you, does anybody know, you know, because at the time it was still the old, um, you know, pre-sales. You go to a distributor if they're interested enough in it. They'll, they'll think about doing pre-sales, but again, nobody's ever going to do that for somebody that, that they don't know. So that was, I mean, I, I got some good contacts out of that, which if I sent 70 of them out, I probably maybe got, I still have five contacts out of that that I'm still talking to. There's one that's definitely interested and in, she, you know, she wants to see it when it's done, uh, Motel 13. But um, again, it's not like there's, there they can't give you that money until you can show that you've done it yourself. I just had a conversation with a, a guy who, uh, they were from, there's a couple of brothers from Michigan, the Pierce brothers. They, um, I was trying to find a film in the same genre around the same budget. And um, these guys did a film called Deadheads, which is still on, I think it's on Amazon Prime still. And they did it for $200,000 and they, uh, this guy came up with the way to do it. He went out and found a bunch of his friends and his friends basically invested and they came up with that amount. And he basically said, you know, it's 11 years later and they've made their money back. So, but deadheads did well enough at the festivals. It did well enough that they were able to get the word out there um, it, they finally got a distributor. They finally got it in the right places. And I'm pretty sure he said that it was on Netflix for a while as well. So out of all of those things that he was able to get the money back, but talk about having to have perseverance, right? So, so they made that thing for $200,000. And then after that, the brothers, one of them is into animation, I believe either animation or animatronics. I can't remember, but, um, so they started coming up with their next project and they got their next project funded based solely on what they had done on deadheads. So again, it's, you gotta sacrifice what you can to get that first one done. And then the rest should follow. Those guys now are doing, um, they're doing uh, studio stuff. So they came from doing this $200,000, um, you know, they called it a zombie, <laughs> zombie comedy. So they called it a zombie and, you know, they did that eight years ago and now they're doing studio stuff. Like that's the kind of thing that, that I was completely, that I was totally looking for. It was exactly what I was looking for because it gives me hope to know that it can be done, but it's not, again, it's as far as the, it's the whole perseverance thing. If you don't, I've, I've spent so much money trying to get this guy, the Motel 13, trying to get it, um, get it funded. I went to, um, the Banff, uh, world media festival, which I found out when I was there, that it was actually more about TV, but made a lot of contacts and, and have been able to speak to some people in, you know, some of the bigger companies. I had a, a, a producer in Montreal who was really interested in doing it and uh, they passed at the end because it was too far away from the genre that they were, had been doing, but they, you know, then you have to look for a co-production. That's what I was doing because basically all the production, I did everything, all the locations are done. I was, I had lists of caterers. It's in, um, I don't know if you, if you've ever heard of Drumheller, Alberta, it's got these hoodoos, which is sort of like, the Grand Canyon, but like, it's whatever. It's a, it's kind of a desert area in Canada. And, um, uh, yeah. So I had a list of, of all the caterers that were ready to go there. I had the motel is all ready. You know, I had, 
basically all the pre-production is done for it. So I went to these guys saying, you know, if you're interested in coming in as a partner for co-production, you know, all this stuff is already done. And it was that close. Like that's the one spot where I just wish I had just a little bit more luck. And it's definitely not the perseverance that's keeping me away from that, but it, you know, it is what it is. So I continue on. I've got, uh, I've got meetings this week about uh, Motel 13 again. So uh, we keep on going. Awesome. Yeah. I love how uh, in, in depth that went. Cause it's really that again, like you said, it's hard to get that information about how to, how to get that funding and the whole process and just everything to understand that, especially about producing. Like that's not, there's a lot of information about there about acting and maybe editing and cinematography, but like when it comes to producing, like that's, that's harder to find. Um, but you mentioned like the co-producer thing. The one thing I wanted to ask was what, what would be the difference between <laughs> there's a lot here, producer, co-producer, executive producer associate producer and line producer and if there's any others you want to add on to that too i know that there's probably like definitions for each of them but um you know again in in my situation as an independent filmmaker these are the the things these are the the ways that i've heard these things so the producer is kind of the guy at the top who, who takes care of building the team to get everything put together Co-producer is someone that, that helps out with that. Um, they, they'll have, you know, a, a few specific jobs and anything that I'm, I'm unable to do or need help with, that's a, that would be a co-producer. An associate producer is usually, they've only kind of got one job. So, um, and often a producer will um, ask a producing friend of theirs to come and help out and they'll offer an associate producer credit which means that usually you'll do one specific thing so that the producer then doesn't have to worry about that thing. The producer and the co-producers don't have to worry about that one specific thing. So I'm, I'm an associate producer on John 316 and I did locations for that. And so that was, I took care of that every time that there was any, any problem that came up with locations. That's what I did as an associate producer, uh, executive producer. And it's usually more than one is usually the guy that brings the money. Um, and it's, uh, you know, again, <laughs> like all of the, the films that, that, that I've been a part of, it's, it's always, you can have one name at the top and go like producer, executive producer, co-producer, like, and have all of that as well, because you're doing all so many things. Um, but executive producer in, especially in the bigger films are, are the ones that, uh, are the ones that are bringing the, the actual money to actually get it made. Um, and line producer, I think you talked about, it's kind of like the foreman on a job site, uh, who basically goes out and makes sure that all of the department heads are taking care of the things that they have to take care of. And if they have any problems, that's who they'll come to. They'll come to the line producer. I think line producer and UPM, uh, unit production manager on the bigger ones. I think those are pretty much the same. And again, you know, because everything that I've done is all, you know, I'm doing everything myself. So those things, they kind of, it's not so important. It's, um, it's really, it's just, you know, getting everything done the best way that we can. So what do you think, since you wear most of these hats, uh, most of these producer hats, what do you think's the hardest part uh, during the actual production of a film uh, to, to keep sort of rolling? Well, it's the schedule for sure. Well, again, as an independent filmmaker, often your scheduling is you're shooting for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. For the shorts that I've done, I've only ever done them for two days. And so um, the, uh, the schedule is so incredibly important. And so really just keeping everybody on schedule, that's one of the biggest things while you're actually on set for sure. Then the other things, I guess, are, you know, being sure that everybody um, is is sticking to the jobs that they have to do. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But the scheduling is is by far the most important thing, for sure. It's really cool to hear that that whole process and everything. And I, I, uh, I wish we could dive deeper into that. Um, but I do want to move on to kind of that simulation we wanted to do. Sure. Um, and so we're going to kind of do that where we would be, like, pitching you an idea, a script, whatever it is. Sure. So 
Last time it was um, with the career coach, and since I'm the cinematographer, um, it was just me and uh, Erica. But this time, since Andrew here is kind of like the writer director of of this whole thing, uh, we're gonna have him take that, and I'll I'll sit on the sidelines for you. Sounds good. Cool, 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 cool. Well, yeah. Uh, before I get right into that, if you are listening to this and you've come all the way to this point, definitely send a comment to us or reach out to Mike if you have any other questions. Um, we would definitely love to have him uh, on again in the future for more questions. Like yeah. we said, we want to try to limit our time a little bit, but there's plenty of questions to continue on. We could even just bring you in uh, again for like a whole hour and, and go through like Absolutely, go through everything yeah. that we kind of missed today too. So I'd actually like to as well. I'd, I'd really like to be able to um, talk some more and in in depth on on where I've gotten to with Motel Thirteen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That'd be awesome because it's like it's like an epic two and a half year ordeal that I've been going through already. So um, it'd be really cool to be able to show people or let people know, you know, how far it's come from where we started and. Um, how close we are and how close we were to, like last year we almost shot it so like it'd be really cool to to be able to talk about that as well yeah, think, yeah. definitely yeah we could we just take that one uh film motel 13 and literally just go deep into every hat that you wear how you went about it where you're gonna go with it from in the future so yeah i think that's a good idea yeah yeah, I love it. That'd be awesome. But for now, I think I'm super excited about this. I'm going to just pitch you an idea and we'll just have a conversation back and forth um, about, you know, how you normally would. If you hate the idea, I've got other ones. So don't worry about that. You just be like, this is shit. Uh, pretend like, you know, we haven't just networked, networked already uh, and actually have a, your producer hat on. Um, even if this is something that you would say on your own or behind closed doors, um, it's just it'll just be an interesting thing just to to have a conversation here about it. So don't feel like you have to be super nice to me. So so me just answering as producer. Correct. Yeah. Just a, just a simulation. Yeah, we're not we're not friends right now. We're just simulating how how this would go in a real life scenario. So. All right. I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. Cool. So um, the idea that I'm coming to you with today is called Decentralized. It is a show about uh, a group of young adults that start their own cryptocurrency company. And the show basically will go through the process of starting a a company, in this particular case being crypto, um, and then the relationships that happen amongst the the founders of the company and as they build it, uh, how their relationships develop, uh, both personal and business-wise, and uh, taking the whole idea of cryptocurrency and decentralization as it's been becoming more and more popular is one of those things that we wanted to really uh, bring to light on camera that we haven't yet seen. So that's my quick 30-second elevator pitch. Okay, so uh, as a producer, uh, I'm really old, so I hate the idea. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's great. It's uh, It's about something that's interesting and new in the world and there's probably been stuff done about it already but um it's a good it's a good start okay uh where would where would we where would i want to go from here if i wanted to make it a thing okay then you would have to convince me why it needs to be made okay um so here's my here's my pitch why i think it needs to be made why now is is the time and so um, although there's potentially things that are out there, there's really nothing that has caught the mainstream when it comes to like television networks um, that have really put crypto as its as its main focus. Um, I've seen shows that have started to like bring it up in like an episode. Somebody's talked about Bitcoin or something like that, but it's just been that sort of minor. And I I haven't yet seen something that really stands out and teaches people about decentralization that includes programming, that includes running a business. Um, And so, you know, in that, that's where kind of the uniqueness comes into it, but also why I think it's good right now um, is because me personally, I've actually been researching like cryptocurrency for the last several years. 
Um, and uh, I, as I've researched it now, it is just taking off. And crypto usually follows a pattern. Um, and by the end of the year, when uh, every my, you know my sort of prediction with it is that people are going to be talking about it at Thanksgiving over Christmas, like they were in the other pattern cycles that crypto has faced. And so in this sort of pattern, I would love to create a show that when people are searching up Bitcoin and cryptocurrency at the end of the year, and you've got millions of people globally looking at it, our show will be the highlight that they will go. It'll be kind of the queen's gambit of chess, but in this case, it'll be uh, cryptocurrency. Okay. And so what is it specifically about the story that is important to you to tell? Yeah, so in this in this particular uh, story, um, I think it's really important um, because I have a very entrepreneurial mind and I think it's really important to get the idea of what one, what a business takes to grow because I think a business in the same way a film has a lot of different hats and, and roles and, and they follow the same sort of process that a film would go. Um, and it's one of those things where I think it's really important for a lot of people as entrepreneurship is also increasing and on the rise um, to have a, this sense of there is a lot of difficulty, especially when you're working with people that are supposed to be your best friends um, and people that you care about and potentially even want to have relationships with. Um, and so it has that sort of drama that you would see within most, you know, your network sort of style shows. Um, it introduces the business concept stuff that as as entrepreneurship is growing, it introduces cryptocurrency as uh, that is growing. And so for me, it's also creating a world where it is decentralized is important. Um, and so I get a little bit of the entrepreneurship side of things. I get a little bit of the fact that I truly believe creating a decentralized world where, you know, our finances and our money doesn't have to be controlled by a central organization um, is is something that I would love to teach people about. Uh, and as, as we grow in society, everybody's going to need to know the general idea of coding and programming. And we want to make that a central focus as well and hope that, you know, like I said, with the, how, how chess just blew up after Queen, Queen's Gambit, we want people to really uh, get into crypto or really get into programming and start learning. Um, so that way people have a bright future uh, as well. Okay. Yeah, you got, uh, you touched a little bit on it about the personal part of it, uh, which is more kind of what I was looking for there. You, you need to be sure that you're, you have your personal reason for doing it. I guess, um, what is the intended audience? Yeah, so I mean, the intended audience, so the goal would be because this is something that um, would most likely need to be filmed pretty quickly and, and something that uh, like Dissolve Media as a production company would be able to really do, especially with even just a minor bit of a budget. Um, the, the goal would be to try to film this within the next few months, um, you know, or have the scripts, all of the scripts for the episodes written within the next few months and then get it filmed. So then that way by uh, early, uh, by late fall, early winter, we could get this out to the people that are doing nothing but researching what cryptocurrency is uh, and what Bitcoin is and Ethereum is. Um, all of these people are going to be looking for some information about it, some education. They're going to be looking for YouTube videos. And then right there, the goal would be to have our show um, be the highlight of that where people are like, oh shit, I could learn all of my stuff. Um, or I could uh, I could get a depth knowledge of how a crypto company works or how it operates um, right here. We'll introduce you know like how how scams take place within a within a community and in decentralized world. And so um, it'll teach people how to avoid um, putting themselves in in risky situations um, and also entertain them with all of the story and, and drama that takes place within the show. Um, and so you get you get a little bit of education, you get drama, you get entertainment. People are really into it. They understand how a decentralized world will work. Um, and now you have millions of people who are searching this also wanting to watch the show just because it's something that they've now started to, oh, I learned about Bitcoin. Now I want to watch the show. Um, and from there, it's like even if we have a small budget, 
Um, when you've got millions of people watching this one show, then you've got your networks like your Amazons and Hulus and Netflixes that are coming to you and saying, well, you've got an audience of millions that are watching this. We want to buy this from you. And all of a sudden you got this really big show that you made for pennies. Yeah. Scripted narrative or, do or documentary? Uh, scripted narrative. But my, my goal would be, my goal would be um, to also have an actual um, company or an actual uh, founder of a crypto company be a consultant on the script. So that way they can talk to us about the code. That way they could talk to us about the experiences that they've had uh, and what it actually takes to run a company. So then that way we still have that sort of realism of um, what it actually goes into it. Um, but you, you could still get a little bit of drama uh, in a scripted sort of drama world. Yeah. So if it, if you want this to be scripted narrative, so it's going to have a story, it has to have a storyline in behind it and not just all the things that you're saying are great, but it has to have a story in behind it of, you know, it's got to have um, conflict and it's got to have, you know, all the ups and downs and character arcs and all that stuff. But so tell me what is your personal different take on this story that nobody else has thought of? Is there, if you're thinking of scripted narrative, there has to be something that is your personal different take on whatever it is that you're trying to tell. You're not, you're not just trying to, yes, you're trying to um, tap into a, uh, a large intended audience, but you also need to know to be able to make those scripts um, successful. Mm -hmm. You have to know whatever your personal different take is on the whole thing. Yeah, no, I, I that question makes sense. So, um, you know, I'll answer that in a couple ways. One, uh, when you're talking about those story arcs and characters, you definitely have a lot of different plots and, and ideas that have come in, in into place about how the different relationships will conflict with each other. So, um, you know, I've already started making a list of the of the different things that could happen to make the conflicts grow and the obstacles continue to come. Um, and so, uh, you know, I could definitely go into that but when it comes to the personal side of things um i think what what are really pushes our main character to start this company is the fact that he spent all of his uh, you know he he took all of his money and basically uh he got it he got scammed out of it um when investing in a crypto company um, and it led to this, this art, it led to this idea of creating a program that detects fraud and, and scam before it actually ever begins. And so for me, the w w reason that this is personal, um, is because I've been put in that situation before where, uh, some of the money that I've given to a company, the company turned out to be fake, um, and, and, and that's just money that's gone. And there's yeah. millions of people that have been put in those same situations. Um, and so we, I just thought that with this, with an idea like this one, um, it could even get a company to create this product specifically where it's, it's literally, so the problem with cryptocurrency is that a lot of people, the only research they do is within the website of the actual company, but how do you know if any of that information is actually real or accurate? If yeah, if somebody yeah. says that they worked for a Google, how do you how can you prove that? And so basically, yeah. uh, the the company that this guy in the show wants to start um, creates this like Google Chrome extension that will read the website and take you know public record information and and prove whether or not the information on there is correct or not and detect if something is scam or fraud. And then, but that's, that's their business idea, but that obviously within a season, um, they grow it and they start it and it, it becomes personal for everybody. So, so now you're getting closer, you're getting closer to putting it all together in that's the, the different take on the whole thing that there's this other program that might be able to help people out, but it's also part of your personal why. 
And so those putting those two things together are really important. So that's, um, that's good. That's, uh, that's a good start. Do you have scripts written? Yeah. So, um, we've got concept scripts written for each, each episode. That's roughly about 10 minutes. That's actually what we're filming right now. Um, we, we actually have, uh, uh, we're connected to a producer out of El Paso who's working with us, um, to create these concepts. So that way we could get some financing to do a real show for it. Um, and so this is the, yeah, the pitch, the simulation that everybody's listening to is an actual show that we're, we're working on and, and trying to grow. And so I just wanted to hear from another per- producer's perspective of, of what they thought about it uh, as well. So, so how did we do? I thought the simulation went really well. How do you think we did? Would you, if you, if you, if you had this idea, if Brandon came to you with this idea, what would you do with it? Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly worth looking into further. Absolutely, and and that's exactly how I would start out with it. I almost always start out with, yeah, it's you know, it's a good idea. I'm you know, get the scripts to me. You know, scripts will tell a lot because if you like, I've been sent scripts that are not formatted right, or you know, the even the spelling or the punctuation, that stuff that just drives me crazy. So. Um, you know, if, if the scripts come to me, and that's why I enjoy working with Brandon so much is I know that everything's going to come to me the right way. And uh, as soon as that stuff comes, then I can read through the whole thing and, and be able to see where it's kind of going. And then if you have a Bible as well, that I'd ask for a Bible for the rest of the of the time. Um, sorry, a, a Bible is just it, mm-hmm. what is what lays out each season and sort of the characters and the arcs and how it kind of continues on um and if you had a bible then i'd I'd look at that next and then after that then i'd I'd be like hey well if this is something that we want to you know move forward on uh, obviously if you guys are and see that's a nice thing for for you guys to be able to just go out and shoot the stuff on your own um you've already got a, a head start on all the rest of it um and then, you know, then we would talk about what kind of financing you'd be looking for, what kind of, um, how you wanted to put it onto, how you want to get it out there in the first place, um, what your ideas are for, for marketing. So, and I'm sure that that's, if you're already talking to a producer in El Paso, I'm sure that those are, are the kind of the same things along the same line, right? So mm. um, I just wanted to, yeah, I think that it, that, that went really well. And um, I think that you've, it's well thought out and, um, um, if you guys are already shooting it, uh, you know, I, it'd be great to one day to be watching something and there you guys pop up on, mm-hmm. on your show on cryptocurrency. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Like I said, we're, we're, we're hoping that this just becomes for now, just what we're shooting now becomes a concept to get the bigger financing. Um, cause yeah. I know that, you know, obviously with a good script, it it's nice, but to visually see something take place. Uh, as well could be could be uh, could add to the sort of sensation of of wanting to participate in a project like this. Um, last thing I would say before we sort of move on is, you know, if you had somebody pitching brand new pitching an idea to you, um, is there anything about my pitch that you would change or would want um, would would correct so that way it it stood out to you more? No, I I think it was good. I think. Um you touched on, on all the things that you're supposed to, um, let me know the, the broad strokes of it. Um, we're able to answer the, the questions that are, are you, that you're going to have to answer anyway. And if, uh, you know, if, if a producer comes on board with you, the producer has to be able to answer those questions in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like it's like, it's well thought out and that you guys have, have a good plan for it for going forward. So, uh, I honestly, I wouldn't change much. Um, Again, it's the chicken and egg at the, mm-hmm. at the moment, right? But if you're able to build something on your own um, with good quality uh, as, a, as a proof of concept, then that's, that's a great start. Yeah, I thought that went really well because um, you got him to really think about what the script is and what he wants and what, again, just like what it is um, very in-depthly um, and really made him think, I can see, and so to be able to flesh out a story in that way is very um, helpful to be able to get, not only make it a good story, but to get it out there and get it produced. Uh, so to wrap things up, 
is there any any lasting things you'd like to say any advice anything you want to say before we sign off no just um keep at it like like i said there there are so many people that that i know that um you know start out and they get frustrated because it doesn't happen right away um yeah i think uh i think i did mind games in 2017 i think that's when i started and um you know now i'm like i said i'm i'm we finished this one up on that's on Amazon in the States. Um, we shot that actually, if I don't know, did Brandon tell you about that, the, about the project it's called? Uh, which, which one? John 316? It's called the project. Oh, the project. It's actually that, the, the title of it. Yeah. It's now it's on, you guys will be able to see it. So if you're, if you're, if you have Amazon prime, check out, it's called the project. Uh, Skylar Radzian is the, uh, the lead actor in it. And she, um, she was just recently on an episode of Riverdale. She's been on Supernatural. She's been on the 100. Um, so, yeah, it's out there. You know, you'll be able to see. You can check out all the, the credits at the end. You'll see half of them are my name. Half of them are Brandon's name. So, uh, yeah, it's – and it's – again, it was a no budget, basically. And, you know, it's out there now. You know, it's – are we super proud of it? Well, we're proud that our names are out there and that we were actually able to get through the entire journey of actually getting there to getting it finished. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, that for us is uh, that's a win for sure, and uh, it's just the next. It's a stepping stone to the next one. Motel Thirteen is the next step, and then I have another project just waiting to go. That's the next step. That's the next step after that. So. Um, yeah, check it out. Uh, it's you, you get to see my acting chops in it too. I get beat up in the end and die, so that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, just persevere, keep on going. Uh, I know it's hard. Um, if you love it enough and you see, if you have success with it and you see that it, it can be done, get better at it, get the best that you can and uh, learn every single day and learn from every single person that you meet. Those are the, those have been sort of my mantras in life with everything I've done. So um, that's the way to do it. And if in the end, you know, you keep on going, something's going to come out of it. And, you know, something's already come out of it for me. And I know it can for, for everybody else if you, if you have that drive. Great advice. Great advice. Michael, thank you so much for being on. Everything we talked about was super awesome. Uh, I loved everything you had to say. Uh, we'd love to have you back on again to be able, especially to go in uh, depth about Motel 13, yes. Um, but for now, we say farewell to the audience. Stay classy, San Diego, or Edmonton? Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton, well, stay classy, Edmonton. I'm, I'm close, so I'm not quite Edmonton, but yeah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanks, All right that was cut for us. Appreciate so. it. Thanks for having me on here. Yep.